Becky Walsh, BBC Somerset and BBC Radio Bristol. Good morning, it's Becky Walsh with you for the next hour on the BBC Across the West. On the show, we're going to be talking about spring and how a few small life changes for vitality could put a bit of a spring in your step. Joining me in the studio, giving us some tips, is going to be life coach Ismini Cole and nutritionist Claire Stone. But let's start the morning off with a small plea from the Beatles. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help. When I was young, was so much younger than today. I never needed anybody's help in any way. That was the Beatles and help. And I have to say, talking about spring and spring being in the air, well, you should have seen my two guests who have literally been dancing in their own seats. Talk about vitality. (laughs) Both of them are kind of like, you know, having a very lovely time of it this morning. So it's that time of year when it's really good for fresh starts. And we think about January and the resolutions. But I don't know about you, but I find them so difficult in cold weather i just can't get excited about well any kind of new life change when it's just a bit mizog outside so i'm all about spring cleaning the mind as well as the body so joining me in the studio and dancing in their seats are experts on a little bit of life vitality so we've got claire stone who's a nutritionist who believes that you need to start right and carry on and it's Meanie cole who's a life coach who helps people reach their personal greatness so <laughs> greatness <laughs> is a view to say um so claire exactly what is a nutritionist because sometimes people get that mixed up with being a dietitian and lots of other stuff um well, first of all, I'm a bit out of breath now from all my dancing. Um, <laughs> You're supposed to be an advert for vitality. You, don't, you can't I got a bit that. carried away. Um, a nutritionist is someone who helps people eat better. And they do that by um, looking at what somebody eats now, where their health is, where they want to be, and helps them come up with a plan as to, to how to make those changes in a way that's doable and maintainable and that they can do for a long, ter- a long time. Um, it's not about making kind of short-term quick changes. So what's wrong with a short-term quick change, like a, a crash diet? You know, because we're kind of like thinking, you know, spring. I mean, spring is the time when you're sort of like thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to be showing some flesh at some point soon. So, <laughs> which isn't so good, is it? Um, so so what's wrong with a crash diet? Why is that bad for us? Because you can lose weight quite, quite rapidly doing that. You can, and then you'll just put it back on again, and then you'll lose it again, and then you'll put it back on. So that's how yo-yo dieting starts. And I firmly believe that if you want to lose weight, you do it really, really slowly. Yeah. And then it will stay off 
and then you'll actually be healthy and full of energy and full of vitality rather than kind of starving hungry because you've just been on a crazy diet or feeling fed up with yourself because you're in the middle of a binge yeah Whereas if you just and mood swings yeah in regards to that as well I'd imagine and people do these crazy diets you know they've been the cabbage soup diet and the stinky yeah I <laughs> just don't like the sound of that lots of reasons but, you know they're just they're not maintainable they're no they're not a way to live your life and I'm all about just enjoying food and eating really well as much as you can sure so on your website which I have poured over in great length you've got this thing that reminds me of that saying you know keep calm and carry on where you say start right and carry on what do you mean by that <laughs> well like originally the idea was to help people who wanted to start eating better um do it in a good way rather than just asking their friend which diet works or which protein shake is the best one um and then just to help them carry on with that but I've realised actually it, it also means start your day right, so eat a good breakfast, and then you'll carry on for the rest of the day in a good fashion. What's a good breakfast? What what should I be having? Yeah, I wanted to say what should I be having on my toast, but <laughs> <laughs> that's assuming I'm allowed toast. So what's what's a good breakfast? Well, if toast works for you, go for it. Just have really good bread, so bread that's um, either wholemeal or whole grain, and have something that's got some protein or fat on it. So some peanut butter would be a good one. Because um, we always assume that peanut butter isn't good for you. Well, it, you, some brands have got loads of sugar in, but generally um, it's a good source of fat and protein. Brilliant. So it keeps your blood sugar stable all day. It's a really good way to start the day. So if toast, if you like toast and you've got a busy lifestyle, so you don't have time to go and make porridge or do anything, you know, something that takes a while, toast is a really good thing to have as long as you don't just have it with like huge toppings of jam and stuff you want to have something that's got a bit of fat and protein to keep your blood sugar nice and even all day okay somebody told me about eggs being a good thing as well yeah eggs are brilliant again um i always say go for the best that you can get so if you can get some nice organic or ones that have been um you know laid in a nice field somewhere or a nice lovingly taken care of yeah some yes. happy chickens um or ducks even i've got a friend who's a duck egg farmer go and get some of his eggs um but yeah so eggs again because they're full of good fats and good proteins to keep you nice and kind of nourished all day long at least up until lunchtime it's having those kind of sugary cereals means you kind of have a bit of a blood sugar dip mid-morning then you kind of have a, a biscuit which gives you a bit of a blood sugar high and then you have a dip and you're kind of going up and down all day long so if you have a good bit of fat and protein in the morning um, and, sustained. yeah and even if you do like cereal then just chuck some nuts or some seeds on with it yeah to give yourself that kind of that bit of a fat or protein hit for the morning brilliant so it's mainly we're talking about those highs and lows that you get through food but also the psychological highs and lows that kind of come up as well and you being a life coach when we're thinking about spring and you know making a leap of some kind in our life you know and we're making changes what can we do with our thoughts and the way that we that we look at the world is there something that we can do for spring in that way too Give them a spring clean. <laughs> so when we start thinking about changes, normally the first thing that people want to do is start to change the external. But if we've got thoughts like, I'm too old, I'm too inexperienced, I'm not good enough, um, it's always been like this, it'll always be like that. Actually, that's an immediately a block. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of people coming in with immediately with those blocks. They tell me why they can't do it, why that, dif that change will be too difficult, why it'll be too overwhelming. So I guess it's starting with what's going on. What do we think about in terms of I want a new career or a new relationship? So what are our thoughts around it? And then we can give them a spring clean. That sounds really good. But so how, I mean, I know it's like hard to sort of say having a spring clean, but what, what I mean, is there a practical tool to switch negative thinking? What would you say is a practical tool that people can do? Well, quite a lot of our thoughts are completely unconscious. So we don't actually realize that we're having these continuous thoughts and patterns. So we do tend to have patterns. So if we think about, I don't know, if someone wants to make a career jump, actually in the background quite often, there's all these unconscious thoughts that are really informing the decisions that we make, how high energy we are, our motivation, whether we leap out of bed or think, oh my God, I should do that, but. So something that we can do is make them conscious. And the way that we can do that is by writing them down. Ah, okay. Like because a little morning journal kind of absolutely. thing. Absolutely. So a really quick and easy practical exercise is if you... So let's just take the career example. Mm -hmm. If there's anyone that wants to go out there and make big dreams about their career. So if you notice like kind of a negative thought that comes up in a day, so you would just write down what that thought might be. So it might be... 
um, I'm, I'm not, not good, good enough. enough. <laughs> 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 a very common one. The old classic. Yeah. So then you could write down how that makes you feel. So how does that make you feel when you think? Worthless. Yeah. So then you would write down the thought that you want to have instead. So something that, because if you already notice that when we say we're not good enough, if we go inside our bodies, we might start to feel demotivated. We might feel tired. Um, it's kind of an energy zapper because it already puts a block there. Oh, I can't do it. May as well give up. So already then when we check in with that emotion, it's kind of tend to be a lower energy emotion. So a way that we can re start to reprogram that is think, okay, so what would be a higher energy one? What makes us kind of want to think, okay, yes, I can do that. So it might be I'm walking towards something that I love. And then how would that make you feel if you had that thought? What changes? So then we would talk about, okay, that emotion is actually I'm starting to feel energized. I'm starting to feel more positive. I'm starting to feel hopeful. So already, can you see then that we're starting to go with the end in mind? So the motivation starts to come. So actually, the more times that we do that, because remember, we just get reprogrammed by having the same thoughts over and over again. So our brain's got a recognition system. So it likes the familiar. So it will always go back to our baseline. But if our baseline is really critical or negative or harmful, unfortunately, that gives lots of negative results. Mm. So this is just a really great way of making those negative patterns conscious, and actually empowering us to change it. Sounds fantastic. We're going to go to a track now. Now, this track is Bob Marley, Three Little Birds, and I promise you, none of the lyrics were deliberately set up for this particular theme. that's a piece of excellent advice by Bob Marley don't worry about a thing free little birds because every little thing is gonna be all right I love that so uh, you two were boogieing along to that one as well I was liking the the little swaying going on that was very nice a little bit less energetic as for the morning which is kind of nice isn't it it's not necessarily a bad thing so I want to ask you both about morning rituals so we sort of talked there about breakfast and this mini you were talking there about positive thinking but is there a way of really setting up your day so that you enter a day with a really great positive mindset 
is Mimi, I'm going to ask you to stop this because <laughs> you're both being very polite and both opened your mouths at the same time. <laughs> well, I think you're absolutely right about the January when we're thinking about resolutions. Uh, you know, it's difficult. We look to nature, it's really dark and cold um, and it's hard to get motivated. But actually, we've got spring is coming upon us. So now's a great time to kind of start making personal changes. And actually, a first way that we can do that and a really easy way that we can do that and quite quickly is by how we start the day. So really, when you're thinking about starting a positive mindset, it's just something quite simple. Do something just for joy. Do things that are good for you. I've been developing a morning routine um, for a while now and really noticed a positive impact on my life, not just only in the morning, but throughout the day. So that's been great. Lovely stuff. Brilliant. Well, my two things I do. um, One is I try and make sure my breakfast features chocolate somehow oh, so like that a nutritionist <laughs> who favors chocolate oh yes yeah so I kind of try and make sure there's somehow a bit of chocolate in there and I don't just mean a big lump of chocolate but I mean maybe with some not like a, like a kind of like an entire bar just <laughs> putting on top floating on top of your cornflakes <laughs> not quite like okay, that okay, <laughs> more like um make my milk a bit chocolatey yeah so or you know or put some cacao nibs or something like that because it's a really nice way just to get a a bit of chocolate in the morning um and the other one is again along the lines of Ismini I kind of I've really enjoyed um recently trying to practice doing the sun salutation for yoga oh yes now I'm not a yoga person at all and I'm very inflexible um so all of that kind of combines to me just kind of hoiking myself around for about five minutes Kind of trying to stretch. (laughs) Um, But do you know what? Even though I only managed to do one round on each side and I do look like an old granny doing it, actually it's really making a difference. And it does mean that the rest of the day I kind of feel just a bit more limber, a bit more flexible, just a little bit younger. Oh, and we don't argue with that. Now, both of you, West Country lasses. um, Ismini, how can people get hold of you? What's your website? It is www.isminicole.com. And mine is www.claire-stone.com. Brilliant. Thank you so much, ladies. You've given some really wonderful advice. And uh, let us know if you've put any of those tips into your life. If you do any of that stuff, I would love to hear from you and love to find out how it went. You can just pop me an email to becky.walsh at bbc.co.uk. Let's move in gay and get it on. You got the This king says to ourselves Don't have to share with no one else Don't keep your secrets to yourself It's gonna suit your show and tell
absolutely sure that you removed all the baubles from your Christmas tree. BBC Radio Bristol and BBC Somerset. Pulses, they're a win-win food. I think you'll find, Jenny, they're a win-win-wind food. Dave Amber's <laughs> Life of Birds was part of that Life of series. You had Life of Plants, Life of Birds, Life of Mammals. Fabulous when he dies, series. will there be an afterlife? <laughs> That's a good idea. Perhaps you should put it up as an idea. Steve Yapsley. The star reports that a one-legged cockatoo has been given an artificial leg. It's incredible. Very what next? I should imagine other parts of this cockatoo, if he's lucky, yeah. as they wear out. Weekdays from 12, BBC Radio Bristol and BBC Somerset. Hello, this is Becky Walsh. You are listening to me across the West. Now, a campaign to encourage middle-aged people to exercise more and to eat healthy so that they don't become ill in their older years has been launched by the Public Health England this week. I'm joined now by Leslie Waldron, who's a fitness coach for the over 40s. Hello, Leslie. Hi, Becky. Why have you deliberately chosen the over 40s? Is it pretty much what they're saying here in the Public Health England Is there a problem when you get to middle age that if you don't start doing it now, then you're going to be a little bit left behind? I think it is such an important time to invest in your long-term health now. Um, And if you have got out of the habit of fitness, then this is a time. The investment now gives you... um, both physical and mental well-being and access to longevity, really. Um, But also... Um, time and timing is really hard like we're busy and people are getting busier and busier in their 40s they may have young families they may be running around after children so um and also, some yeah. people just don't don't like it. You know, so some people didn't do. You know, the, you know the cross country running. I remember it across mud. Now, yeah. now this was there was a place called um, oh what was it called? Uh, basically, it's in Burnham on Sea, and it's it kind of goes round and down and up and round. And we had to run through all of this. Mm-hmm. And why it was always <laughs> cold? It was freezing cold. And then St Andrew's School in Burnham on Sea outside swimming pool. Oh. I can tell you, it was it was always absolutely freezing, and we mm. get. I remember just getting into the water and just standing with my arms folded, just having teachers yeah. yell at me, "Swim, swim!" So to be honest, you know, some of us really don't have that many pleasant memories. No. That sport just makes you feel a little queasy, and it's a lot to you know. Are we going to jump out of bed in the morning and decide to do like a a, a twenty minute run from? school? from nothing from absolutely scratch so for somebody who perhaps you know when we talk about these things and they're very trendy to talk about from couch to 5k 5K. but what's the first thing that you can actually do to fall in love with fitness i well what i what i really try and emphasize with clients is find what makes what you enjoy yes think about your physical goals and think about um, you're being fit and healthy for your summer holidays but what do you really enjoy doing and if you can't if you are just linked back to those horrific episodes that you describe at school and cross country and that kind of thing I remembered what it was called it was called the apex yeah that's, yeah. It's, it's just not nice it's just not nice and actually I I, I love running now but I hated it at school and yeah. I relearned how to do it it was before couch to 5k but I just I would take myself out and I would walk and run and I would go run around my local park and I would do it once and then the next week I would go out and I would do it twice and then I did it three times and then I thought god I'm really enjoying this I'm going to do a 5k and then it was something that I could take I traveled a lot my life was so busy but running was something that I could fit in wherever I was in the world it was brilliant um but running isn't for everybody it's not great if your joints aren't in good shape and um and but but walking Everybody's got access to that. You put on a pair of shoes and you go out for a walk. If you haven't done any exercise for years, I would start by taking a 10 to 15 minute walk every day and then increase the distance, increase the routes, increase the amount of time that you take, increase your pace, look for hills. You don't need any special equipment and to do to go so for you're a walk. really saying because i know that some people find gyms really intimidating absolutely i've just actually ended my gym membership but, <laughs> but when i when i had my gym membership even being in the changing rooms and it mm. wasn't about my body it wasn't about i wasn't worried about any of that stuff it was more 
just getting in the way of everybody else and Mm -hmm. it feels really busy and then I forgot my towel this one time and ended up dripping next to the locker and some woman yelled at me and just this stuff that they're they're quite stressful environments and I don't know I mean you always think about gyms being full of sort of like um rippling male talk well maybe I do (laughs) rippling male torsos full of testosterone but actually the women can be a little bit scary as well I think gyms can be really intimidating I'm actually a personal trainer who doesn't like gyms really yeah, I know. Odd, eh? Um, a strange breed. <laughs> I am a strange breed of personal trainer. Um, I believe that fitness should be fun, um, that the outdoors and the natural environment are an inspiration to movement. And I love taking my training outside and I'll take you for a walk up a hill and we might do a little bit of bodyweight-based training. Um, my The classes that I take are outside um, or in interesting venues in my mm. local area. Um but no, gyms can be intimidating, particularly if you don't, if you've not been before. I mean, I, the, the world of fitness is changing, and you get you can get smaller studio gyms, who where they really can look after you, or and you can really find different ways of enjoying fitness and lovely interesting classes as well it doesn't have to be that intimidating getting changed in front of everybody experience that's good to know well Leslie it's great that you've invited everyone Mm. for a walk up a hill absolutely where can people find you what's your website um so I'm at wildcountryfitness.com I live in a little corner of North Somerset called the wild country um, oh, yeah. yes, the wild country. It's called the wild country. I had to live there as soon as I discovered that oh, it was Oh, I there. would as well. Yeah. Um, so it's wildcountryfitness.com. Um, I take a running group out on a um, Monday evening at 7.30 and I have an over 60s walking group on a Tuesday at um, 9.30 in the morning. Wonderful stuff. So if any of that stuff is floating your boat, then you know how to get in touch with Leslie and that would be a really good thing. So later on in the show, I am going to be talking to the wonderful Ella Julian. Now, she's got a new EP out and she's going to be telling us all about it. and then the tracks of my tears yes indeed 
One of those lyrics there where he's talking about masquerading made me think to tell you about something. The Loco Club. Now, that's been transformed into kind of like a circus venue. That's in, in um, it's the area down by the train station, uh, Temple Meads in Bristol. And they're doing a particular night, which I'm quite excited about. And you can come along, but you probably won't recognise me because it's a costume. It's a costume thing. So it's what's known as a fool's ball on the 1st of April. Now, I really quite fancy this, but I have to say, and I don't know, do you do this? I always dress as the same thing to any fancy dress party. <laughs> and you know how they were doing this World Book Day? So they were encouraging children to go in dressed as their favourite book characters. Well, my godson Felix, he does the best, the best Harry Potter. And every time he gets an excuse to dress up, he obviously dresses up as Harry Potter. And I'm just wondering, what does it say about you if you always dressed up in the same costumes? So what do you dress up as? If you get invited to a fancy dress costume, no matter what the theme, <laughs> because I'll always work the theme into what I want to wear. <laughs> I don't think, and you know, it could be like a vicar's and nuns party and I'll still go dressed as <laughs> something. Oh yes, well, it's, you know, it's an alternative looking vicar. I'll kind of come in as something completely different. So have a think about the costumes that you'd like to wear. I'd love to hear from you. What are the things that you like to wear and why do you like to wear them? Someone who likes to dress up an awful lot and play an awful lot of characters, it's Robbie Williams and his song, Rock DJ. Show, kicking with your torso Boys getting high and the girls even more so Wave your hands if you're not with a man Can I kick it? Yes you can! I got, you got, we got everybody I got the gift, gonna stick it in the goal It's time to move your body
Ashley on Clueless with Richard Lewis. Quick, we might beat them. There's mayhem at Bath. I told you you should have turned round. BBC Radio Bristol and BBC Somerset. We're in Montague oh, Village oh, at the moment. Just We're hanging around village. We're slap hanging around the middle. You, haven't, up. you uh, haven't started a gang, yeah, have you? Yeah, we see Montague House. Montague doesn't have many gangs, I don't think. If they did have groups and gangs, Richard, they would all be members of the National Trust, I imagine. So I don't uh, think it's too How lovely. Mm. What would yes. they be called? Gideon. And they were... Gideon's gang. Clueless <laughs> with Richard Lewis. And one member would be called Rupert. Oh, very good. <laughs> it's the Ruperts against the Gideons. Sunday morning from 10 on BBC Radio Bristol and BBC Somerset. That's Clueless. Now, I was working on Clueless last week and we had a caller call in and they didn't call in to give us a clue. They called in because they had mistaken Richard Lewis for Terry Wogan and they thought that we were (laughs) playing a clip of, of Sir Terry. And I thought to myself, do you know, Richard Lewis really does sound like Terry Wogan. Now, I know that Richard knew Terry, Sir Terry, Sir Terry, that Richard knew Sir Terry. Now, I got thinking, I wonder if Sir Terry actually gave him sort of voice coaching. You know, that voice coaching, the lips and the tip of the teeth and the tongue, (laughs) that kind of voice coaching. Because both of them share this one thing. They always sound like they're laughing at a joke that nobody else knows about. They do, don't they? They have that little sparkle in their voice, like they're laughing at a joke that nobody else has heard. I like that kind of voice. <clears throat> this is Ollie Murs, Troublemaker. You had me hooked again from the minute you sat down. The way you got your lip, got my head spinning around. After a drink or two, I was putty in your hands. I don't know Ollie Murs with his troublemaker. I have a feeling that Ollie Murs is probably a little bit of a troublemaker himself. He had that kind of sort of little cheeky look about him. Somebody else with a little cheeky look is joining me in the studio at the moment, having a little laugh. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn her microphone up so you can hear her laughing because she's got a lovely laugh. Ella Julian is a brisk now I've got this is teeth in moment. 
<laughs> Ella Julian is a Bristol-based singer-songwriter described as a neo-soul, funk and rare-groove songstress. Woohoo, I did it. Um, her EP Prey, oh, and then I messed it up. Her EP Prey is out on the 15th of April and uh, I'll be playing that soon. But first of all, let's just meet Ella. Hello, Ella. Hello. I thought you might have dedicated that song to me, Troublemaker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you do have that look about you as well. I am cheeky. Yeah, you are very cheeky. But the, So what is a neo-soul funk cheekiness what is that it's me (laughs) so how would Um, you describe that kind of music and what other artists would i know that sound like that well neo soul for me i would say it was um a philadelphia soul scene so a lot of um the neo soul artists came out of philadelphia um like jill scott erica badu um d'angelo all those kind of artists yeah yeah. Okay, so I know those kinds of artists. I know a little bit of, about their music and yeah. just kind of that sort of thing. So what got you into singing? How did you fall in love with it? Um, it came... My father was a singer and he used to sing to me a lot when I was a child. So I could actually sing before I could talk. Really? Which was a bit random. <laughs> that, that's really strange. So what was the first thing you sang? Wow by Kate Bush. Wow. With all the <laughs> all the words, but I couldn't say unbelievable, so I had to go wow, wow, and I still got the wow, the really low Did one. You really? And then I went da 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 da, <laughs> and my mum still has it on tape somewhere, embarrassingly really? enough. Yeah. I can imagine that being extremely cute. Does it ever come out at Christmas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they d- decide wanna, to play when it. you bring your first boyfriend home from school, you know. Oh no. <laughs> You see, that's going to be the thing when you're hugely famous. Somebody's going to put, oh, like, put no. that on some kind of like mix or something. Yeah, or another, you know, the Ella Julian early years. Can it be a drum and bass version, please? Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom. You know, yeah. I can't see Kate Bush drum and bass, but I'm sure somebody's already done it. <laughs> so you know, so so you've you've created this EP now. I you know I I used to just buy singles. What happened to singles? So so an EP is four tracks, isn't it? Yes. So why do people do EPs instead of singles? Because it's halfway. It's like a hybrid between an like an album, like the old vinyl, like an album and uh, a single. So what- it is, it is exactly that. So singles, obviously singles are still released um, and I'll be releasing a single soon as well. Um, but the EP, I think because I wanted to get the music out there, but rather than just throwing a single out as a taster, I wanted to, to throw out four tracks. Um, and some of them, they differ quite a little bit as well. So I was kind of gauging uh, the response that I got from it. Um, but I haven't wrote enough songs to put together the album yet. That's actually in the making. Oh, I speak. see. So it's a really good <laughs> It's a taster. So that's interesting because what you're saying there is that it's a really good way of gauging what the audience like. Because, of course, I guess that being a musician is like any business. You send out kind of taster products. You find out what people feed back to you, maybe via social media. I really love this track or, you know, that should be the A. Well, I'm going back. That should be the A side and the B side. Of course, we don't have sides anymore. (laughs) But it gives you an idea of the things to focus on. So do you feel that your music is quite multi-talented, that you could go in any particular direction or any particular genre yes I love different genres so even though that's why I always find it hard to describe myself because although I love neo soul is where my heart's at um, but at the same time you know when I was younger I listened to a lot of rock music so um, one song on the EP is actually a bit of a, a rock song which is totally different to the other ones which are more jazz orientated or acid jazz orientated or neo soul orientated um, but I don't like to stick to one particular genre which I think a lot of people do and yet there's artists out there now that are really pushing the boundaries so Esker for example is one of those she came out with her first album uh uh, last year and I saw her at um, Colston Hall actually in the Lantern and met her and she's amazing I saw her at WOMAD and um, I love her for that reason that she doesn't go oh I'm a jazz artist or oh, I'm this or oh, I'm that she just performs whatever she wants to perform and it sounds great and so I'd like to carry that on really wonderful stuff <laughs> well let's have a little listen to the first track that you've got on the EP and let's have a little listen to this and the first track is title track so that one's called Prey uh, no it's um Oh, sorry, I turned your mic off, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's an ivory girl, but that's the reason why I called it Prey, yes, because it does have that in the lyrics, yeah. Oh, lovely, right, I should do that now. Hold hold on one second and we're going to be going... You see, I'm multitasking. What you can't see when you're not in the studio is the fact that I've got the CD player behind me, which means I have to turn away from the microphone to press play. It's all very technical, which is what I'm doing whilst I'm going over here. Na, 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 na
tones of Ella Julian who is joining me here in the studio now this is her new EP that's entitled Pray Ella that's beautiful thank you very much really really good I mean I sound surprised stop sounding surprised (laughs) now you were talking there while the track was on you were talking to me about a thing called sitting back on the beat what does that mean it sounds like the sort of thing that I would do with a deck deck chair and a martini what's what's (laughs) sitting well the martini probably inspired by your music but what's Uh sitting back on a beat what does that mean um it's a very very slight delay so I call I it's my that's my interpretation when I say sitting back on a, a on the beat by the way it's not a te- technical term for you out there going what's that mean oh but, I thought um, it was a technical term I was very <laughs> <I'm> impressed <laughs> just my way of describing it um but it's um I mean a lot of neo-soul artists do that now but the I think the guy that probably started doing that was um D'Angelo and listening to a lot of his stuff he, he just sits back it's just like taking it's almost like recording it in moving it a millisecond back which of course I don't do I've learned to practice it enough to to do it myself because I think you need that the mm. feel of it you know it needs to feel natural so it just sits back a little bit so it's like a slight delay um to what everyone else is playing fabulous so I want to ask you as well about the launch tell us about the launch what are you doing how are you doing it can people come along what's the absolutely absolutely there's uh 50 places 50 tickets um, and they're £5 each bargain price of £5 each because you're playing live so it's not just yes. turn up and listen to my CD oh so. yes yeah yeah absolutely um, we've got a, a four to five piece band we've got special guests um, it's at the Fringe the Bristol Fringe in Clifton um, that's a nice little venue actually it's very intimate nice little stage and it's right at the back of so you walk into this bar you would have no idea that there was a stage there and then you go through kind of like a little corridor and there's just this it's quite a it's, it's quite a nice little venue. It, it's the sort of place. I mean, the fact that you know it's called the Fringe Bar, but you really feel like it's got that jazz underground kind of like oh, only the people in the know know. And of course, that's you now. You are in the know. You know, it's there. And it is a proper jazz venue. You know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, in Bristol, I think it's one of the best little jazz venues ever you know it just looks jazzy and it's just got a really great atmosphere in there and it's intimate you know it's it's a fantastic little place um it's really worth going to visit they have a lot of good jazz there on a wednesday night usually actually although the ep launches on a thursday um well you don't want to clash yeah yeah (laughs) thinking that something is happening that isn't happening it can only lead to disappointment so that that launch is taking place on the 15th of april oh no it's the 14th thursday the 14th this is terrible this is my research and I did say that to you as well anyway no, oh 
no, no. It's being released. It's being released on the 15th of April. But if you go to the EP launch, you you can buy it on the 14th of April. But the actual ah. the actual release, so the date, release date is, date is that, Friday the 15th of April. why I've got it mixed yeah. up with the party. So, yes. Okay, that's good. Well, Ella, well done. And congratulations on making such a beautiful track. It is a really, really lovely track. Now, from one fantastic crooner to another, we're going to be listening to some My Guy by Mary Wells. Very lovely sounds from one very wonderful female crooner to another. Do we call females crooners? I I never know. I always think it's a guy kind of thing. Something else I wanted to tell you about. The wonderful Ruby Wax is coming to the Playhouse Theatre in Western Supermare. That's on Saturday the 23rd of April. She's been on tour with an interesting show called Frazzled. And it's all about how we sabotage our sanity of our own thinking, which is very interesting and, uh, and very in keeping with some of the things that we've been talking about on today's show, isn't it not? Well, this is Crowded House and don't dream it's over, but I'm afraid it is over from me, Becky Walsh. Thank you so much to my guests and thank you for joining me. The news is up next on the BBC Across the West.
Okay.